0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Building the Future with Dan Rundy. I'm here with my friend, Harry Bader. Harry is a Deputy Assistant Administrator, which is like the equivalent of a Deputy Assistant Secretary of State, in USAID's Bureau of Development, Democracy, and Innovation. It's known as DDI. Harry oversees DDI's Private Sector Engagement Hub the Center for Economics and Market Development, and manages the agency's relationship with the U.S. International Development Finance Corporation and the Lame Challenge Corporation. Uh, Harry was previously the Deputy Assistant Administrator for the Center for Environment, Energy, and Infrastructure, the Office of Environmental and Social Risk Management, previously agency's climate change coordinator. He also served as the acting executive director of the U.S. Global Development Lab for three years. He's had a really interesting career in global development, and his public service has been really meaningful. We're talking today about Supply Chain Integrity and Freedom Program, a new initiative of USAID known as SCIF. Now that's like for inside baseball people, people will know that Skiff has a double meaning because SCIF is like where you go to have the secret phone calls, secret video chats when it's topsy, you go inside <laughs> a SCIF. So that was sort of like a wink wink, Supply Chain Integrity and Freedom Program. So Harry, welcome to Building the Future with Dan Rennie. I'm so happy you're here.
1: Well, thank you, sir. It's it's an honor and a pleasure. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you listen to podcasts and you never think you're ever going to be important enough to be on one. So now I'm super excited. I feel like I've been elevated in this world. I'm now in the rarefied world of CSIS and Dan <laughs> Rundy.
0: Deep thoughts with Harry Bader. I love it. It's great to see you. I'm really happy you're in public service. I'm really happy you're at AID. Tell us about Skiff.
1: Well, we will change the name of it now that we've gone operational. It, it may have caused some confusion. Most recently today, uh, we think with DARPA,
0: they probably don't like that term because because of that, right?
1: Well, yeah, because they're like, well, we, we have to check these emails because we don't know if they should be on open.
0: Right, people start freaking out because you word the word Skiff and people think, oh my gosh.
1: But the only people who should be freaking out when they hear the word of this program, we'll be changing the name, are those who use strategic criminality, corruption, and deliberate market distortions to deny the United States and her allies, as well as the developing world, an opportunity to gainfully manage their natural resources and their various material supply chains in a way that is fair. And open to the entire world. And that's what this program is dedicated to doing. It is to combat the People's Republic of China that uses strategic criminality and that uses market distortions in a way that subverts the global trade order and in such a way that it threatens the security of the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, India. South Korea, Israel, and France, who are our partners in this program.
0: And so what is Skiff? What does it do? How does it work? SCIF is primarily
1: on the part of USAID because, first of all, let me just explain quickly why it's at USAID. And at USAID, we have 80 plus missions around the world, and we're dedicated to our tripartite mission of Eradicating vicissitudes that afflict the human race of poverty and hunger and illiteracy and want and oppression and pestilence. So, that is the core of our mission. And to do that in the private sector hub, we have to do it through economic growth so that not only can we have an increase in net real wages, but also expand employment, but also. Actually, create wealth that can be taxed and utilized in essential government services. So that's our you know, that's our primary mission at USAID. This particular program ties overtly that mission to also benefiting America's workers, America's industries, and the workers and industries of her allies in a way that has been compromised due to the PRC's Manipulation and Malign Influence in Global Trade. This program is funded under Congress's explicit funding source called the Countering Chinese Malign Influence Fund. It's a fund of Congress that's set up. So what we are is that we are a clearinghouse for all U.S. government agencies and the agencies of our allies to try to figure out what we can do, what's in our wheelhouse What is the capacity of various agencies to help secure these resilient supply chains and do good in the countries that we're working? And the reason why we developed this program is that industry came to us. Industry said, we don't have the capacity, time, or ability to know what all you got available. What you have available, what your allies have available. Can we go through somebody to be a shepherd of all that is around so that we can make investments to help our own country and our allies and the kinds of investments that don't use forced labor from Uyghurs, that don't destroy the environment and cut down the Amazon and don't use child labor scratching at the earth for cobalt in the DRC. It is good development, it is creating wealth, and it is good for the American capital investor and the American laborer.
0: So in your mind, it's basically bringing all the different components of the. So if someone said, I want to open a cobalt mine, but I want to do so in a, in a clean way and you help me I identify opportunities for cobalt mining. And then what are the instruments that the U.S. government has and allied governments have to help me to achieve that?
1: Yes, we are a clearing house and marriage counselor. Actually, in fact, we're probably more than a marriage counselor. We're a
0: marriage broker. You're like uh, whatever one of those dating sites or something.
1: Well, more like my grandmother would prefer like a yenta,
0: But yes, you're like a yenta for business. I love I love yentas. OK, so so let's talk about several the things. Let's say it's cobalt or let's say it's it's com- strategic components for solar panels so that I don't have let's use solar panels. So there's certain things you need for solar panels. And up until now, some of that stuff have been sourced from places in China that use forced labor. For a variety of reasons, people have said, you know what, that's not right. So there's been legislation passed that said you can't source, we're not going to allow you to source from places that use Uyghur forced labor. So at the same time, it's tricky to find those sorts of places. So you're going to help them identify business opportunities and help them kind of get going, right? Is that a way to describe it?
1: Yeah, I would say before we start down that route, we are expecting and have already received greater demand than what we can deliver. So we are going to be strategic in selecting what projects to do first. And so we're learning. I mean, this is a pilot activity that has a nascent staff. And that's one of the things I want to talk about coming up is how we're going to staff this thing, because that's just you know, all things Daniel knew are old. We're going to try to staff it in a innovative approach that was first used for USAID by President John F. Kennedy. So we'll talk about that in a minute, but we have to triage and decide what we can do first, because what do we have the capacity to do first? And I would be uh, remiss if I didn't point out that this program is run by the Bureau's Chief of Staff, Linda Leary, and then the three principals of the program are Kevin Brownwell at the Asia Bureau, Sarah Knudsen at the uh, Conflict Prevention and Stabilization Bureau, and then myself here at the DDI Bureau. And so we will look through the requests that we're receiving and then decide which projects to initiate. And so it is premature to explain which project it is. But just last week, we approved our first project. The company knows that they're a guinea pig and that we're going to try to learn as we help them, but that we're just taking one project right now to cut our teeth and then we'll expand it because this is nascent. I mean, we're still at hour zero.
0: You're going to act as a business kind of forecast team, as a venture capital amalgamator. You'll be an administrative guide and bureaucratic Sherpa within the U.S. system And a marriage broker. So that is really interesting. Can you give me some examples of critical natural resources?
1: Well, yeah, I'm going to, uh, you know, I think sometimes it's best to look at a a hypothetical. And so let's take a look at, for example, if we had a fertilizer precursor. As we know, we have a potential shortage for food security purposes of approximately This figure is going to be illustrative, not just positive, okay? So don't quote me on the exact figure. But let's just say for the purposes of this example, we have a shortfall of 2 million metric tons production of ammonium and urea a year. And that is a problem for food security of folks in East Africa. What we would like to do is that we would begin looking at the demand and the precursor supplies for urea and ammonium, where it's produced. Where plants have been mothballed and then decide, do we have the ability to put together a package to draw a plant out of mothballs and into production with a company and to procure the necessary natural gas supplies to make that urea and ammonium possible and then to have guaranteed minimum purchasers downstream so it's worth it to make that 400 million dollar private sector investment in getting that mothballed urea plant up and running and then whether or not we have enough purchasers to the independent natural gas pipelines whether or not we have the pipelines the producers the shippers and the port all lined up in the right possible package do we have usda on board do we have xm bank on board do we have dfc on board Do we have the Small Business Administration on board? Because they're wonderful partners, I have to say. Gabriel Esparza over at the International Office of the Small Business Administration is an incredibly flexible partner. And then we just put it all together. And if it's a go, it's a go. And if it's not, it's not. I mean, that's the other thing. We have to be ready. This is business. Some things will get a package together. And it won't. The
0: parties agree, you know what? It's just not worth it to do it. But we hope that we're not going to have that right out of the gate. Well, I think it's very interesting. I think there's been a need for something like this. I've gotten kind of pings over the last couple of years for something like this. So I think this is a very creative and interesting response to, I suspect, if I've been getting pings, you must be getting tons of pings about something like this. And I think it's increased over the last three to five years. It's very exciting. So let's talk about some examples of critical natural resources. What do you consider critical natural resources, Harry, if we think of those?
1: Well, there's a couple of things that we're looking at. One, of course, is various kinds of minerals, and they don't have to be the legally designated critical minerals, but minerals that are necessary for our green economy and renewable energy. Construction materials. The human infrastructure footprint is expected to increase 300% in the next 40 years. And we need inputs for wood fiber. We need inputs for new, more efficient, less carbon intensive concrete. We need rebar. We need fisheries. We need pharmaceutical precursors. And we also include in this particular program, nascent manufacturing of digital hardware necessary for the fourth economy, meaning
0: the fourth industrial revolution. All right. So what countries are you targeting with this?
1: Well, right now, like I said, there are a variety of countries that we can consider and that companies are interested in going in. Obviously, one of the top priorities for anyone at USAID is Africa. It is a top priority because it has the largest concentration of a percentage of its people who still live. In extreme poverty. It has been a place where natural resources, and we're talking about some of these resources, the demand for growth, depending on who you talk to, can be anywhere from a 300% demand for increase in the next 15 years to a 600%. I've seen a couple things that were a 13,000% increase. The resource curse, if you don't have industry and governments working together who and civil society and organized labor. I'd be remiss if I didn't say the need for organized labor because organized labor are our friends in preventing human slavery resurrecting itself on this planet. And what I have found is that industry embraces organized labor because the collective bargaining agreement creates certainty for investment decisions. It's arm's length, but not hostile. And that's The beauty of, you know, this private sector engagement and market development unit within USAID, we embrace both strong protections for capital and strong protections for labor. Because without both, you cannot have a market capitalist system. And that is what we're promoting.
0: Tell us about the pilot impact supply chains. Are this going to be focused on ones that are controlled by the People's Republic of China?
1: No. And that's the thing is that what we're trying to do, the capital of state owned enterprises and the PRC is extensive. We will not be able to outcompete them where they've established control of the supply chain. What we're looking at are newly emerging supply chain opportunities, getting ahead of them through the investment of Capital and businesses, and helping in the local country with organized labor and their capital as well.
0: Okay, so if I if I want to get involved with this, how do they participate?
1: Well, my first is going to be an ask, and this is where I'm going to raise up what John F. Kennedy did back in 1962. Is that he said when he set up USAID, he reached out to the Fortune 500 or their equivalent academia and think tanks and said give me your venture capitalists i'm I'm paraphrasing here give me your bankers give me your financiers and help us do that which government is not accustomed so in other words we do not have a pd for these kind of people in government we don't have a position description and we probably couldn't afford on a government salary people who are extremely good at it in the first place so what we're asking is for corporations primarily To contribute to this country and in its need, its hour of need against the PRC and the control that the PRC enjoys in critical supply chains to help us by lending us your people, to help staff this program, to do the business forecasting so that we can get the kinds of talent to make this a success. And we have the means to do it. Our general counsel has been very forward-leaning. We have gift agreements where we can accept the talents of employees and corporations and NGOs. Basically, it's a gift agreement that is, it's a secundancy from private industry to USAID that the private industry pays for.
0: Tell us about what are the kinds of needs that you have?
1: So first and foremost, we have needs for three kinds of folks. People who are good at business forecasting and knowing, looking at the investment portfolios and where there is a newly emerging opportunity where there's going to be profit. Because at the end of the day, Daniel, it it has to pencil out in the black, the investment. There is obviously going to be inducements and guarantees and various other approaches to help it get started. But this is not a corporate welfare program. Once it gets up and running, it has got to stand on its own two legs. It's just that there's such a barrier of entry posed by the PRC's market distortions that good businesses who want to do well and get rich doing it can't get a start. So we need business forecasters to be able to help us. We also need venture capitalists, people who understand how to put deals together. We need deal makers. And and then and lastly, we need folks who look at the global national security and global financial markets and decide what is good for this country and her allies that simultaneously is going to benefit the host country. Because at the end of the day, this is not about a natural resources curse in a country. We are to do away with that. And we believe that well-regulated, Market capitalism can outcompete the state owned enterprises and strategic criminality of the PRC and its allies any day.
0: I agree. All right. So, if people want to get involved with this, Harry, who do they contact?
1: Well, right now, they would contact me, Harry Bader at hbader at usad.gov, but also the person who's actually leading. This endeavor, Linda Leary, who's just behind the computer and the camera of this laughing because I'm about to give out her email. Linda Leary, which is L Leary, which is Lima, Lima, Echo, Alpha, Romeo, Yankee at USAID.gov.
0: Excellent. And then how about you, Harry? Can they get a hold of you, too?
1: Yep. Uh, I'm Hotel Bravo alpha
0: delta echo romeo at usaid.gov all right harry it's been so great speaking with you i think it's a really interesting program i'm very excited about it the program is called skiff and is there a website for it harry not yet we do not have a website yet because we're getting started on monday I me just
1: say one thing why i'm so happy to be talking with you just real quick you have been such a good steward of the american taxpayers money when you were in public service But I wanted to mention that when you were working with the GDAs, I had a private company and its name was Betula and we couldn't get through you because you were such a good standard bearer for American efficient governance and and spending that we couldn't meet your high standards.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Harry, thanks so much for doing this. You're amazing. I'm really grateful that you're in public service. I'm really happy to be helping get this out, get the word out about this and you know keep us posted on the progress very exciting stuff thank you sir much appreciated if you enjoyed this podcast check out our larger suite of
1: csis podcasts from into africa the asia chessboard china power aids 2020 the trade guys smart women smart power and more you can listen to them all on major streaming platforms like itunes and spotify